Welcome everyone to Nuck If You Buck, the Milwaukee Bucks podcast that explains how your local team stacks up against the rest of the NBA. Hey Hoopheads, we appreciate you listening to this episode of Nuck If You Buck. Be sure to check out these other NBA pods on the Hoopheads podcast network, including Cavalier Central, Daily Thunder, 305 Culture, Spanning the Spurs, Motor City Hoops, X's and O's NBA Breakdown, LA Hoops, The Wizards Hoops Analyst, At the Buzzer, and Lakers Fast Break. Plus our coaching-focused podcast, Thrive with Trevor Huffman, Beyond the Ball, the CoachMaze.com podcast, Players Court, Bleachers and Boards, The Green Light, and Courtside Culture. Oh, and don't forget to check out our flagship, the Hoopheads podcast, hosted by me, Mike Cleansing, and my co-host, Jason Sunkel, featuring the best minds in the game, from grassroots to the NBA. Hey, Hoopheads, we all hate ankle sprains, and they happen way too often. Ankle injuries are the number one sports-related injury. Arise is trying to change that. With the iFast, your athletes get preventative protection and full mobility. Athletes no longer need to wear bulky braces that limit performance and give mediocre protection. Anyone playing sports should be using these products. Keep your athletes in the game. Don't wait for them to get hurt to take action. Visit www.arise.com slash team pricing to learn more. That's A-R-Y-S-E dot com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Nuck If You Buck, the Milwaukee Bucks show hosted by me, Devin Zanskis, and brought to you by Hoopheads as always. Today, I'm coming at you solo, but we have the game one loss to the Brooklyn Nets and the preview of the rest of the series to cover. Bucks lost game one versus the Nets despite Harden leaving after just 43 seconds. Um, Nets win 107 to 115, and the injury that had Harden heading to the locker room after just 43 seconds was the re-aggravation of the right hamstring that sidelined him for 21 games uh, late this season. Uh, so, of course, respect to all basketball players and athletes out there, uh, despite all the craziness with all the fans this past week that we may get into later on with some general NBA talk, but... Um, Here's to an effective recovery for James Harden, come back uh, stronger and better than ever, but uh, perhaps James can take his time with this one and, uh, and you know, save his hammy for next year as the, the Bucks look to capitalize on this. Uh, you'd think if James missed 21 regular season games to this that, that he may not quite be ready for game one and obviously at some point if the Bucks want to win this series, they're going to have to to win an away game, as a as a wise man once said, the series doesn't start until uh, the away team wins. So Bucks fans shouldn't get too down on this one. Uh, however, if Harden does bounce back, and of course the Nets also have Jeff Green, possibly their best uh, Giannis defender, uh, waiting to come back in this series as well, uh, Bucks may really find themselves kicking themselves for not. Uh, for not really stealing this one from the net, from the Nets, but still a lot of a lot of the series to get to. Of course, we'll have a lot more game action to discuss on next next week's episode. But I'll get into the game action now. Bucks starters were Drew, Chris, Giannis, 
PJ Tucker and Brooke Lopez. Uh, I'm guessing that most Bucks fans like myself were anticipating Pat getting the start here. Uh, definitely the closest facsimile to uh, Dante DiVincenzo, but hard to argue against uh, Bud's decision here. PJ was exceptional defending uh, Kevin Kevin Durant here, and despite his size, he's he's uh, definitely one of our best perimeter defenders. I believe I stated on last week's episode that I believe uh, PJ would would be more effective than Chris, even on uh, James Harden. Uh, given that PJ uh, gets that opportunity later on in the series. But again, James, take your time. Really make sure that you rest and um, come back ready for next season. All right. And then uh, the net starters in this were uh, no surprise. uh, Kyrie, Harden, Joe Harris, KD, and Blake Griffin. Um, You know, this is, this is a point that I may, that I may be missed here but i don't remember seeing seeing a an ounce of deandre jordan action in here um i I would guess that he would be hurt then as he's uh definitely has the most size on their team he's the uh most natural matchup for Giannis, so i'm just guessing he's hurt um but i know that blake griffin hopped into the starting lineup for the nets i believe it was sometime in their first round series against the celtics so I don't have a definitive uh, status update on DeAndre Jordan at all, but Bucks aren't particularly concerned uh, about him either because we know he'll he'll um, you know he'll give he'll give up enough on both ends of the ball to uh, for the Bucks not to be too worried. Um, we already discussed the. Unfortunate circumstance of James Harden leaving right away. I believe I was still jotting down the starting lineups when when he when he left the game. It happened uh, oh so quick there, and I thought uh, right away um, the Bucks brought a ton of physicality, but that also uh, meant that Giannis and PJ went to the bench a little early in the first quarter than we may have wanted, um, but. Then again, shout out PJ Tucker for really rising to the occasion in this one and and proving, uh, yeah, proving Bud right that he made the right decision to throw PJ in that starting lineup. Um, it really did give me a moment to consider. Um, again, as James Harden was traded to the Nets here, a lot of people thought that thought that it would be natural for PJ to follow his former teammate uh, Harden to the Nets, and um, yeah, obviously having PJ on the team now and probably being tasked with uh, facing up with Harden in practice a lot. Um, really such such an incredible acquisition for the Bucks. Uh, hard to even, especially with Dante out now, hard to uh, think about our chances without him at this point. And uh, if nothing else, uh, there's also um, a testament to uh, to acquiring PJ Tucker and keeping him away from the Nets, because imagine if he was on the other side against us now, with with an even more shallow roster without him. Uh, but after one, the Bucks led it with a narrow uh, thirty-two to thirty-one, or pardon me, thirty-two to thirty lead after the first quarter. Giannis with ten points, Kyrie with nine. However, early in the second quarter, the Nets stole the lead after. Uh, 
two consecutive uh, KD and Kyrie jump shots. Kyrie's was a three-pointer. And and re- and really, the Nets uh, kind of they held control of the game the rest of the way, although the Bucs uh, kept it in reach all throughout. Uh, Drew Holiday was providing a steady presence uh, to try to slow down the Nets' momentum, but that's the huge luxury of the Brooklyn Nets uh, acquiring James Harden is that you know those three really Harden having the best injury luck throughout the past decade. But um, if you know that there's a chance you might lose one of those three, um, all of them either soon entering or in their 30s at this point, you still have the two other pieces of the big three to fall back on. So um, it'll still it'll still be it'll still be a tough fight regardless of of if Harden returns. And if the Bucks do want to steal one of these away games, they are going to have to um, they are going to have to outwork the Nets, um, as it was totally the contrary in Game One. Here we saw uh, Blake Griffin of all people uh, getting on the ground twice and forcing a jump ball, and um, of course uh, the rest of the supporting cast for for the Nets are definitely not slouches. And, uh, and Joe Harris and uh, Bruce Brown, those are definitely um, some wings that can really muck it up and play play above play above their size to make up for for the disparity in the front court between those two teams. And Nick Claxton, Claxton, um, really intriguing prospect and in showing that he's ready to contribute sooner rather than later for this Brooklyn Nets team. Halftime, uh, the Nets led, but only by two, sixty-one to sixty-three. As uh, one of the more uh, head-scratching moments of the game was when Brooke Lopez um, converted an and one right as the buzzer was sounding. Um, I believe the the reason that that this uh, that this played out in the Bucks' favor was that was that uh, Kevin Durant was whistled for fouling Brooke Lopez on the shot attempt just before the buzzer. Um, so yeah, I def I definitely understand the confusion from everyone as I'm still um, not 100% clear on how on how the basket counted here for Brook Lopez because he clearly got the shot shot off after the buzzer, but I suppose he was fouled before um, he was fouled before the buzzer. So you know, I'm not I'm not the only one questioning why why refs make uh, the decisions that they do. Later on, the Nets also the pardon me the refs reversed a call that was originally on on the Bucks and instead of instead of calling it a foul on the other end they deem they deem that there was no foul actually and then gave uh and provided a jump ball that I believe the Bucks eventually won. Some water there, geez. And then uh, early in the third, the uh Bucks and obviously uh Brooke Lopez were really daring Blake Griffin to shoot. Um but that definitely did not play out the way that the Bucks imagined. However, I don't, I don't anticipate there being uh, wholesale changes as far as having Brooke on Blake Griffin. Brooke def- or, um, Blake definitely has the uh, athleticism advantage there and um, can definitely cause problems too as he can stretch the floor as Brooke doesn't want to get all the way out to the three-point line. But... I thought that Brooke did a good job adjusting and contesting Blake's shot enough that if he were to if he were to do the same, 
Um, Blake wouldn't convert at the same clip that he did. However, if uh, if Blake were to want to put it on the floor as well, which he's definitely capable of, then then uh, then it would definitely be uh, bad news for Brooke uh, there. So. I don't see that that Brooke will be necessarily played off the floor. I think we only saw 26 minutes from from Brooke. I don't see there being a way that he could play uh, much less than that. But yeah, Blake can definitely be a problem with for Brooke. Uh, on that note, with the minutes, um, I had some people reaching out to me about um, guys like Pat and Teague being out there too long. One takeaway that I was going to share later was that um, with how tough of a series this is going to be, I would I would hope that Bud switches to a an eight rather than a nine man rotation sooner rather than later, removing Teague from the mix. I suspect as Drew or Chris could definitely uh, carry the primary ball handler roles. I know that may sound especially unnatural for Chris, but I believe he has the capability. Um, Yes, Bryn really is not uh, really much of a distributor himself. He has shown the ability to put it on the ground, but is definitely the furthest from a pass-first guard that uh, that one could think of. Um, and yeah, back to the whole minutes point. Even though Brooke was limited in minutes, probably because of the uh, probably because of the success of Blake Griffin. I believe Giannis, Chris, and Drew all played uh, right around 35 minutes themselves. While uh, KD ended up playing 40 minutes in this game, you'd hope one of uh, one of Chris or Giannis would match that same minute output uh, to KD eventually, as this, as we get an increased sense of urgency. But you know, Bud isn't completely going back to his old ways. Is all I'm trying to get at here. We did also see an easy foul call um, with uh, PJ uh, reaching on Claxton, which sent him to the bench uh, midway through the third, which proved to be uh, problematic as the Nets would extend their lead going into the fourth. Um, Nets continue to get uh, plenty of contributions uh, off the bench, not only from the three that I mentioned before, but also Mike James. Um, a name that some may not be uh, quite familiar with is he spent plenty of time overseas and I believe even with uh, the basketball tournament as well. Um, but he, he played a bit with the Suns when they were hard-pressed uh, for point guards for a while and now he's uh, he's been um, he's been a huge factor for the Brooklyn Nets um, here, including last night. Um, and then late in the third was when uh, Bud challenged the foul on Brooke that turned into a jump ball, which the Bucks won. But unfortunately, Giannis would be whistled for a travel. So, uh, so a turnover nonetheless. Going into the fourth, the Nets led eighty-four to ninety-eight. Uh, Giannis with twenty-five points, eight rebounds, three assists, and Katie also with twenty-five points but ten rebounds, three assists. Um, early in the fourth, Blake would hit his fourth. Three out of eight attempts with uh, 18 points. And I believe the broadcast was suggesting that this was likely Blake's best game as a Brooklyn Net. So hopefully an added sense of security for Bucks fans out there that we that we uh, maybe shouldn't expect uh, this much uh, help for 
uh, Kyrie and KD moving forward, uh, especially if Harden doesn't return sooner rather than later and takes my advice. Giannis would uh, have a huge slam uh, later in the game as um, Chris would create off, off of a drive, kicking it out to uh, to Brooke uh, on the baseline. And as he was attracting a ton of attention in the paint, as he should against the smaller Brooklyn Nets team, Bruce Brown lost a cutting uh, Giannis trailing from the perimeter for the huge slam. However, to redeem himself, Bruce Brown would do the same on the other end as um, as Kyrie would, would dump it off to him and Mike Budenholzer would call a timeout. Um, and then out of the timeout, late, even later in the fourth quarter, the Bucks would fail to get back in transition as Kyrie would toss it over his head again, this time to Kevin Durant. Um, and Bud, again, frustrated with with some of the uh, defensive execution, we'll call another timeout. Um, and a big bugaboo in this game was uh, Chris Middleton in particular struggling with his shot. Um, Bryn Forbes also notably did not uh, shoot very well this game, not quite like the Heat series. I believe the, uh, the two of them combined for one attend shooting from three, so we'll definitely hope to see that. Um, Go back to uh, their average uh, expectations. Um, let's see. Yeah, so Chris ended up shooting uh, 6 of 20, 23 from the field for uh, 26% shooting. And the uh, Bucks overall would end up only shooting uh, 20% uh, from the three-point line. Uh on 30 attempts so only six made threes again a point um to uh make fans feel better that the bucks will have better luck uh in future games and we'll definitely need it especially if harden does return um late in the fourth bobby portis would get a big finish over kevin durant but then we would we get the unlikely uh thanasis on action uh i guess this is mainly uh noteworthy to show, um, I guess, I guess, certainly the disparity between these two teams, even though it only ended up being being an eight point game, it maybe was um, a more devastating loss than the final score would would lead you to believe. Given given that um, the NAS is is obviously not a playoff rotation player for the Milwaukee Bucks, even though he's impressively shown that he is a true NBA player and, and doesn't just belong here because he's the brother of the two-time MVP. Um, but lastly, this may be news to many because, of course, in the last regular season game, Thanasis um, would hurt himself on a on a missed dunk attempt and not return, uh, not return after halftime of that game, and the news was that he'd be re-evaluate, reevaluated two weeks after the last regular season game. Um, this only being the first game of the second round, this may be a little earlier than Bucks fans maybe it would have expected the Nassus to return. So, um, I guess glad to have him healthy, but if we do see more of the Nassus, it's probably, uh, it's definitely, uh, even more concerning for the Milwaukee Bucks. Giannis Antetokounmpo would finish the game for, for the Bucks, uh, 34 points, 11 rebounds, four assists, two blocks, 
16 and 24 from the field, 2 of 5 from 3, and 0 of and 0 of 3 from the free throw line. Um, we can't ask for too much more from Giannis, really. I know that um, I heard I heard from certain fans that that Giannis uh, could still do do even more for the Bucks, and they might they may not be wrong here. This is um, certainly a, a team that that Giannis will need to take advantage of and um, have some some performances similar to the. Uh, 49 point season high for him and I believe he even had a quiet uh if possible 36 in the regular in the last regular season game against the Nets as well when we had a little bit more help from Chris and Drew as well so um so yeah Giannis can't be to blame here even though he is our he is our main leader of course we'll want to see more from from Chris Middleton um I suppose same goes for Drew Holiday and this one, along the same lines, is closer to Giannis than uh, Chris. Again, some people said that we, we want to see more from Drew Holiday, but really as as our, um, no, switch, I guess switching off the duties as our second option with, with Chris Middleton, we can't uh, expect uh, much more than, than the 19 points and, uh, and 48% from the field for him. Um, as I mentioned before, he he was he was a pretty steady presence for us uh, in the second quarter when, especially when the when the Nets got off to their initial lead. But um, I guess I can't blame fans for wanting a bit more from Drew if if Chris is having such a bad night. But we definitely expect um, that we'll see uh, better games from both of them. Um, then let's see. I believe we got to pretty much all of my main takeaways there. Uh, I guess the last thing that I didn't really quite touch on was the fact that um, the Bucks opened up the game at least before the Harden injury with Giannis on Kyrie. We'd see we'd see it a little more uh, often too, but I think that's a really peculiar choice from Mike Budenholzer. Um, obviously, matchups will be entirely different uh, if Harden does come back, but especially if we're missing Harden, at least for for the next game or so. Um, I see no reason why we can't have Drew Holiday on Kyrie Irving, um, as of course, although he's the reigning defensive player of the year, uh, Giannis isn't, isn't the perfect defender. Just his sheer size doesn't allow him to be um, as effective as a smaller guy and as as and as agile as someone um, smaller than the uh, than the six uh, eleven two forty that he is on the perimeter, um, getting around screens that Kyrie Irving can definitely um, can definitely uh, manipulate as as well as anybody else. But um, yeah, that's definitely a change that I would look for. I think overall, uh, the rest of the matchups are are okay without Harden out there, as long as we swap uh, Drew Holiday and Giannis, so that Drew is on Kyrie and we can have uh, Giannis hide out a little bit on Bruce Brown, so then he can be that that stellar help defender that he is, and uh, we can keep PJ on KD, Brooke on Blake, and then Chris can can chase around Harris on screens uh, as he's all too familiar with it uh checking uh duncan robinson for all the heat series um 
And then lastly, a note that that uh, a friend of mine shared, it was actually JJ Rivera from the 305 Culture podcast. He messaged me asking why we weren't running more of the Giannis pick and rolls that we were that we've always found success with. Um, I definitely don't have a good answer for you. I don't even know if Mike Budenholzer would because uh, clearly Giannis, Giannis would be um, Giannis is one of the best uh, roll men in the league, and uh, and him being being the roller in a pick and roll will just allow him to to even easier get down low in the paint and and eat on some of the smaller matchups that the Brooklyn Nets uh, has, as opposed to him handling the ball at the top of the key and then and then allowing the the Brooklyn Nets to zero on him, zero in on him provide some help and maybe force 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 a turnover on Giannis um but yeah I understand if Bucks fans like myself have a bit of mixed feelings about this um whereas it's only game one but we are gonna have to win an away game at some point to take this series and um even though it's encouraging that that we may not have to face Harden, um, he may come back sooner than the uh, twenty-one game absence in the regular season would suggest. Given that these games are the most important that maybe both teams will play all year, and we even saw that uh, Joel Embiid. Uh, as of now, although down 20 at half against the Atlanta Hawks, which no one saw coming, uh, uh, Joel Embiid, even with uh, a small tear, if possible, in his meniscus, uh, he's out there. And uh, obviously, a uh, meniscus tear is, is an incredibly serious injury. And on that note, I would like to share... Um, a word from our new sponsor introducing Manscaped. Support for Nook If You Buck today is brought to you by Manscaped, the uh, best in below the waist uh, men's grooming. Manscaped offers precision engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped just launched their fourth generation trimmer, the Lawnmower 4.0. That's right, 4.0. Join over 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping using the code Giannis. That's G-I-A-N-N-I-S at manscaped.com. Imagine shaving with a sleek, well-designed, and optimized trimmer that makes shaving time your favorite time in the bathroom. I'm one of the first people to try the new 4.0, and I'm blown away by the performance. The craftsmanship and details on the 4.0 are next level. I, like every brave soldier out there, haven't dealt more battle wounds than I'd like to admit. In addition, while using a conventional razor, I was putting myself in harm's way uh, more often than necessary and subjecting myself to uh, way too much cleanup. Now with Manscaped, I can use their waterproof uh, lawnmower 4.0 in the shower, allowing me a more effective shave more often with less cleanup hassle. Now, I know that that many men out there, like myself, maybe have put off at times until the very last minute for maybe a special occasion to to prepare yourself uh, for any of life any of life's wonderful 
possibilities. You know what I'm getting at. But with the lawnmower 4.0 being completely waterproof, you will not be risking uh, the fear of being electrocuted like I was maybe afraid of with my with my other specified electric razor to take care of business. But now you can have have a better shave than you've ever had before, and you can have it seven days of the week with the lawnmower 4.0 so you're ready for for that late night you up text or you're ready if will ferrell yells we're going streaking right after the bucks win the nba title manscaped engineered the ultimate groin and body trimmer by focusing on intelligent functionality and incredibly comfortable grooming experience their fourth generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce those grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin skin safe technology i now feel confident when i'm shaving my boys the lawnmower 4.0 even allows you to customize your trim through additional guard length lengths with sizes one through four as Every man's family jewels are like a snowflake. Did I also mention wireless charging? The new wireless charging system allows electromagnetic induction, which can help battery length last longer. I know it's incredibly frustrating when when your shave might get might get cut a little short and then Maybe you're not ready for, for, uh, for those wonderful possibilities that, that I had mentioned before. But now it's even easier with Manscaped. It's time to get your, your own ball hair and body trimmer with Manscaped to make me time the best time and enhance your confidence with some, with some nice, smooth boys. Your balls will thank you. Again, get 20% off and free shipping with code Giannis. That's G-I-A-N-N-I-S at manscaped.com. And that's 20% off with free shipping at Manscaped and use code Giannis, G-I-A-N-N-I-S. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. All right. Now, some of the last um, Direct Bucks news of the week was Drew Holiday winning yet another award for um, for uh, his admirable character that um, we're all abundantly aware of at this point. And he was awarded the Joe Dumar Sportsmanship Award this year to honor uh, a player who represents sportsmanship on the court. The way uh, Drew receives this award... Um, came from each team nominating one of its players, then a panel of league personnel selecting one finalist from each of the six divisions. And lastly, um, all NBA players uh, currently in the league are allowed to select a winner between the six uh, division finalists. This year, uh, nearly 350 NBA players um, voted on this award. The other six finalists were Miami's Bam Adebayo, Sacramento's Harrison Barnes, Minnesota's Josh Okoji, Boston's Kemba Walker, and San Antonio's Derek White. Drew received 130 of the 343 potential first place votes. Kemba came in second with 74 first place votes. Um, and then, of course, like I said, we're all 
all too familiar with uh, the exceptional human being that Drew Holiday is, but um, if this award sounds sounds super familiar with Drew, you may be thinking of last year when he when he won the uh, Twyman Stokes uh, Teammate of the Year to, Year Award in honor of his selfless play, on and off court leadership and commitment uh, and dedication to his teammates. This year, that award was received. Uh, by Damian Lillard, but uh, glad to see Drew getting some recognition um, for the amazing man that he is and incredible uh, ambassador to the Milwaukee Bucks in the city of Milwaukee. And um, hopefully this won't be the last award that Drew wins for his uh, his on-court play. And yeah, maybe we'll be seeing uh, some all-defensive honors. I would definitely predict that at this point. Not that I've fill up, filled out my uh, hypothetical ballot. And yeah, lastly, I'd also just like to share a reminder of another uh, high character award that Drew received, and that was January's MBA Cares Community Assist Award, along with Josh Richardson. And Drew received that in recognition for his continued efforts uh, to provide support for those impacted by COVID-19. Let's see. All right, and then I, uh, I just like to share a little bit more uh, news, just some general NBA action with this really exciting NBA week. Obviously, we had uh, quite the extended break with the sweep of the uh, Miami Heat, and there's still plenty of series left for for um, for the second round here against the Brooklyn Nets. But uh, we'll get to that when we have a chance to uh, throughout the rest of the week. Uh, but I don't want to um, just completely ignore the fact that we've had had a chance to watch other NBA action, uh, including the Nuggets elimin- eliminating the Blazers even without Jamal Murray in six games, and despite Damian Lillard's game five, 55 points in double overtime, just uh, eight points away from Michael Jordan's um, NBA record, 63 playoff points. Um and unfortunately, with the Blazers losing in the first round for the fourth uh, time in five years, Terry Stotts and the Portland Trail Blazers quote-unquote mutually parted ways. How convenient. Um, but I guess in um, a little bit more Bucks adjacent news, Damian Lillard uh, tells Yahoo Sports' Chris Haynes that uh, he wants Jason Kidd as his head coach, you don't often see, um, you don't often see players uh, directly um, endorsing a certain replacement for their head coach, especially not a guy that isn't already with the organization. But uh, funnily enough, um, that's even a word. Uh, Jason Kidd actually declined to be considered as a candidate for this coaching opportunity. Really puzzling when you consider that that the guy. Um, left both of his previous coaching opportunities uh, on bad terms, and you'd think this would be hopefully the the best way for him to uh, kind of you know regain some support uh, in the coaching realms. But you know maybe maybe after those two opportunities, he just decided that uh, being a head coach really isn't his thing. Maybe he wants a little more time. After all, being an all time great point guard, it's. Um, it's hard to think that his name won't come up in the future as it's continued to despite his stints with the 
with the Nets and Bucks, ironically. But but yeah, you, you'd think having him uh, coach alongside Damian Lillard, who who totally um, put himself out there by by supporting Jason Kidd and also just Damian Lillard being uh, one of those all-time loyal guys in the NBA that um, Kidd would jump at this. But yeah, maybe especially surprising for Jason Kidd to turn this down considering that the Lakers uh, were defeated in the first round against the Phoenix Suns, who famously haven't been to the playoffs since, uh, since Steve Nash was there. And this is also the first time that LeBron has lost in the first round in in all 18 years that he's been in the league. And it was really uh, quite embarrassing for the Lakers as they were 30-balled uh, at halftime by the Suns in Game 5. And then, of course, in Game 6, they really showed little to no fight after AD tried to go out there but could only play five minutes. And, of course, uh, shout-out to Devin Booker as well for really announcing himself on this stage. I believe he had he had at least 35 points, if not more. That might That's a pretty conservative guess even in that, in that Game 6 victory. So I'm sure a lot of us small market folk might be dancing on the grave of those Los Angeles Lakers. Can't say I blame you too much, even as a LeBron fan, but of course with the hijinks that they pulled um, with uh, with LeBron really toying and laughing at Jay Crowder and uh, with uh, Andre Drummond imitating LeBron James going up against Jay Crowder, it was probably really satisfying for those who saw um, with the seconds uh, waning in... Game six, Chris Paul was imitating Andre Drummond's imitation of LeBron James. And then, of course, we saw Jay Crowder be ejected for salsa dancing on uh, in, in the defense's paint in, tra- in a transition. And then a lot of us also might have thought that uh, Devin Booker was ejected at the end of game six. But I think I believe he just received a technical and then was subbed out, uh, you know, in the final seconds of of that first round series. Um, And then as I finish up recording here, the Clippers and the Mavericks are battling in game seven in their first round battle. Hard to believe that there's still a first round contest going on after we just finished game one of the second round. But this is quite an intriguing series with uh, no, no home team having won yet. Um, You know, in contrast to my, my point to, add a little comfort to Bucks fans out there that the series doesn't start until until the until the away team wins. Well I guess uh yeah I guess uh I guess both teams really jumped out of the gate in this one. Um so I guess I would still probably have the Clippers as the favorites myself, just believing in in uh their two headed monster of Kawhi and PG, but then again, uh sim- similar to the Milwaukee Bucks uh, of yesteryear, um, the Clippers have provided uh, plenty of reason to doubt them. Just like last year's playoffs, when they uh, when they lost in the second round of the Denver Nuggets in embarrassing fashion, giving up a three-one lead, and of course um, 
in game seven. The Mavs being the sixth seed, they will be the away team. And if uh, this series luck continues and uh, continues to follow uh, its trend, the Mavs will take it home. And then it'll be interesting and uh, fun for those other small market fans out there that both LA teams will have lost in the first round. And out of the West, we will either see Utah, Dallas, uh, Phoenix, or Denver. Definitely not something anyone would have predicted, but but I guess that's kind of, that has a lot of uh, support for the uh, the popular opinion that the, that the winner of this second round series between the Bucks and the Nets might go on to win the NBA Finals. Um, but of course, the Nets are still the favorite in, in uh, this series. So hopefully the Bucks can rise to that occasion and uh, take care of business as pretty much every team in the Western Conference this year uh, including both those LA teams really did have huge caveats. So um, really a wide open year in the West and uh, a lot of opportunity for an Eastern Conference team to to take home the Larry O'Brien. Hopefully that's the Bucks this year. And yeah, a little bit uh, shorter of a rundown, a little bit shorter of a rundown in this week's episode, unfortunately, but you know I'll be back next week. And there'll be a lot more game action for me to cover. Um, hopefully, uh, there'll still be Bucks games to be played. As, as uh, I believe for the only way for this series to be over uh, by the next time I record, um, it will have to, uh, it'll have to be a sweep. And I'm not predicting that whatsoever. But. Yeah, we do definitely get a little extra rest in this second round, too. Um, Even though we play Monday at 6.30 with only uh, one day of rest as usual, we get uh, two days off on Tuesday and Wednesday next week, and then Friday and Saturday as well um, before games three and four. That may actually play more into the Nets' favor, considering that... um, as of now, there's still a chance for Harden and definitely Jeff Green to return. And James Harden's James Harden, but Jeff Green, as I mentioned, may be the best Giannis defender out there. So uh, feel free to reach out to me and share share any opinions or ask any questions at uh, NBA on Twitter and Instagram. You is just the letter you. Everything else is as it sounds. And at that, I'll see you in another life, brother. Thank you for tuning in to Nuck If You Buck, the Milwaukee Bucks podcast. We hope you join us again. See you in another life, brother.